Hey class, Prop JC here, and today we're gonna talk about what makes people listen to you. So from a leadership perspective, okay, if you're in a manager role, you're in a leadership role, whatever it is, communication is key. There's another class I teach for our graduates, and we actually uh, have a video that we watch, and in the video, he, he, the reason why I have them watch this video is because he says something so profound. He says, I want you to think not only of uh, you know, communication within the organization, I want you to think of communication or, uh, as the organization. No, I'm sorry. I don't want you to think about communication within the organization. I want you to think about the organization as communication. That, that's what he says. So basically everything in the organization is communication. And if you think about it, that's, it's so true. What is a business at its core? What is the business at its core, right? What keeps the wheels turning? Because what it really is, it's a legal document. If you think about it, that's that's how it's a legal document. But how it then adds value to the world around us, that that's what that's what makes it the business that you and I know. You know, how do we find the right customers? How do you know create the right products? Create the right service? How do we continually? Uh, get better at that and transform on that all this kind of stuff well how do we do that it's it's all through communication it's through written communication it's through spoken communication it's through visual communication i mean everything around us is communication i just think about when you get up in the morning from you know if you if you go into the office and let's just say you do on days you go into the office if if or days you go into your workplace wherever it may be i, I want you to think about all the communication that takes place for you to get from your bed all the way up to your office, okay? And as you'll be able to see and as you'll be able to understand, uh, it's it's all communication. All the way from your, you know, from your alarm that's going off, and I've got a phone going off right here, I, I've got a phone call here, but all the way from your alarm going off, uh, all the way to the coffee that you make, or if you stop and get coffee, all the way to, uh, you know, you, you're on the road and you hit the red light. That's communicating something to you. That's communication, right? To you putting your brakes on, you're telling, you're communicating to people behind you, right? All these things. And you see stop signs and you see, you know, lanes that tell you to go this way and lanes that you go to, it's all, everything is community. The world works through communication. That's a powerful concept when you think about that. And so today, what we want to talk about is your own communication, right? And that's what this book is about. Again, John Maxwell, Everyone Communicates, Few Connect. I highly recommend that you have that book and just keep it in your arsenal. Down the road, it's going to be good for you. But he talks about this, that when you get up in front of a group of people, whether you're a leader or you're a speaker or you're speaking from the, you know, from the position of a leader, there are certain things that make people listen to you and certain things that make people not listen to you. And I'm very passionate about this, and I still study this because, uh, you know, this is what I do. You know, I, I tell people all the time, it's my mouth uh, that early on in life got me into a lot of trouble. I'm lucky to have made some personal transformations, and now it's my mouth that pays my salary, right? And so I do a lot of communicating, and so this is important. When I get up in front of a room, and a lot of the communicating I do is with groups that I'll never see again. I get one shot. Maybe it's a 90-minute class or a four-hour class, or maybe it's I'm lucky enough to have a full day of training, right? That's, you know, those are fewer and far, you know, those are fewer and farther in between, especially in today's society. I'm, I don't do very many of those four-hour classes. We still do a lot of those. 90 minutes do a lot of those. But that means you've got 90 minutes to make a connection. You've got, uh, you've got uh, 
uh, or, or I've got, uh, you know, four hours to make that connection and I'll never see these people again. So how do we do that? So here's what the book talks about. He says, if you want to be a better communicator or a better leader, you can't depend on dumb luck. You must learn to connect with others by making the most of whatever skills and experience that you have. You can't be someone else. I can't be someone else. Uh, all we can do is be the best we can. I'm a guy who's, I'm an Afro-Latino um, who stutters when I talk. And I still do. I stuttered horribly when I was a kid. If you'd have told me I did all of this for a living one day, that my mouth would have, I would have said, you're crazy. But even today, especially if I'm tired, I get up in front of crowds and I find myself stuttering. But that, you know, the older I get, the more I realize that it, it doesn't matter too much. But it's, it's who I, even if it does matter, it's who I am. And even if someone does snicker about it or someone finds it in their head, they're like, well, what's wrong with this guy? Or like, like, why is his eye ticking that way? Or why is he stumbling on that word? There's nothing I can do about it, right? These are the experiences and these are the skills I have. But this is the call I have. It's the calling I have to teach. It's the calling I have to train and consult. The same goes for you. You can only use whatever you have. And none of us are going to be perfect people, right? I'd love to be Tony Robbins. I'd love to be six foot eight and be the greatest speaker in the world with this massive body that, you know, has this commanding, you know, as soon as I walk in the room, everybody takes notice, even in an arena of 10,000 people that, but that's not going to be me. I will be in an arena of 10,000 people one day, but I'm not going to have the presence of Tony Robbins. That's not me. We have to bring to the table. That's one of the most important things about communication. Uh, some of the worst communicators to watch are ones who are trying to be somebody else. Right. The best communicators just come up with who they are and they just who they are. So that's important for us to understand as well. When I listen to great communicators, John Maxwell says, I notice there are a handful of factors they seem to draw upon that cause people to listen to them. Okay. And he mentions five here. So the first one is it's relationships. Okay. It's who you know. Okay. And he gives a great example here. He talks about, um, most of you've probably heard of Dr. Phil. He's got his TV show. I don't think it's it's on anymore, but it used to be, or at least it's or it's, it's coming off sometime soon. But Dr. Phil, who I actually, the more I've gotten to know about him, kind of his interviews behind the scenes, I actually have a lot of respect for him. I'm not necessarily a fan of his show, but I actually have a lot of respect for him as a person. Um, but how did we come to know Dr. Phil? Did he did he show up on TV and and all of a sudden millions of people over years got to know who he was? No. If you remember how Dr. Phil got started, those of you remember, it was Oprah Winfrey who gave him a platform. Now, millions of people loved Oprah. So the relationship that we started having with Dr. Phil began out of the relationship that he had with Oprah. And Oprah's done that for, for other people. Dr. Oz was another person. Very few people had heard of him before, and then he steps on Oprah, and all of a sudden he's got millions of people, right? So sometimes uh, our relationships... But also when we're speaking to a group of people, they're thinking that as well. What kind of relationship do I have with this person? Is this person I would want to have a relationship with? Is this someone I would you know, hang out with? I do a lot of you know, speaking primarily, uh, well, I, I do a lot of leadership. Um, I guess it's all over the place. We do government, we do. Um, but in recent months, I've been doing a lot of kind of blue collar leaders, I mean, you get up in front of a group of, now I, now I came from Indiana, okay? I was born in South America, but I was adopted and raised in Indiana, so I understand blue collar. I was born in a small factory town, and I get that. 
And when you step up in front of them, you can't BS these people, right? You can't get up there and treat them like kids, whatever. They're thinking right now, right, when you're up there, is this someone I would take down to the local bar and have a beer with, right? And so that's important, right? Are you that person that people can have a relationship with? Do you have a, you know, it's better when you have an established relationship. When I speak, even in my short training career that I've had, um, I've been doing it for about two years now, but I'm starting to find that I go back to repeat customers. And it's very cool. You know, the first time you meet with them, very few people give you the time of day. They're just watching to see what's this person made of. By the third or fourth time you're with them, now it's friends. Now you're getting on, you're like, hey, I know so-and-so and John and Susie and this, and, and you're calling out names and stuff like that. And you're like, hey, it's good to see you. It's almost like a group of friends. Now they trust me, right? After three or four times of doing these trainings with them, with some of these companies, and now they can listen and you get off the call and it's almost like you're giving high fives and like, hey, when you're in town next, make sure you call us and we'll go grab a drink or something like that. Um, that's how it works. But that relationship's important. Number two is this insight, what you know. Okay, so this is important. And all of us are getting this graduate degree. Why? Because we want more insight. We want to know more. It's, it's the books that we read. It's the degrees that you have. This is why I tell speakers all the time, especially if you have some kind of a graduate degree. Um, yes, it puts a little bit of a barrier between you and the people. Okay, I do understand that you never want to brag when you're in front of, especially if you're in front of a group of people that don't have a lot of education. You never want to, you know, brag. But even they're looking at it and saying, "Why should I listen to this guy? Right? If he's just the same as me, or why should I listen to this gal? If they're just the same as who I am, if they don't have any more education, they don't have any more experience than I do, why am I going to listen to them? So the, you know, the insight we're bringing to the table is important, but it goes deeper than that education. It's also how much have we studied this topic? Okay. What experiences do I bring to the table? It's it's one of the reasons why, even with leadership development, I will probably do very as much as I respect law enforcement. And I would love to be kind of a law enforcement guy that does leadership development for law enforcement. That's a tough market for someone like me to get in because I've never been in, in, in law enforcement. Now, might that happen from time to time? Yes. And I've actually done trainings before for, you know, city governments. And there are tons of people who are in law enforcement there. But are they going to is that law enforcement group going to hire me? Probably not. What they're going to bring is someone who's got 20, 30 years of law enforcement behind him, right? That's the person they want because that person has a lot of insight, okay? Uh, uh, number three, success. And it goes back to what we just talked about. Success, what have you done? That's why it's important as well when you get up to speak in front of people. That first slide or one of the first slides you put up that talks about you, you've got to highlight the things that you've done. I know with certain crowds, when I go talk to them, I talk about my U.S. Army experience because they, especially the Midwest, they respect that. They like that. They've got sons and daughters who are out serving in, in, in the U.S. Army. A lot of them are veterans. But there's certain crowds I go to where I don't talk about that at all, right? That's not success. Maybe I'll focus on the education or whatever, or my experience as a university professor, whatever it is, right? But the same thing goes for you. You've got to do something. Before you lead or speak from a, a place of authority, it means you've got to have some success on your own. Uh, number four is this, ability. What can you do, right? They're, you know, they're looking, first of all, what's your ability to lead and what's your ability to speak? You know, that's, that's really important to them as well. But it's also what can you bring to the table, right? What what can you do? And often they're thinking, well, and what can you do for me? What can you do for this organization right here? Okay. It says right there that the individuals who perform at a high level in their profession often have instant credibility with other people. People admire them. They want to be like them. They feel connected to them. When they speak, other people listen, even if the area of their skill has nothing to do with the advice they give. And they, they use the example of Michael Jordan, right? And you can think about others. It's why these 
major companies oftentimes will spend two or $300,000 and bring in a Michael Jordan or a famous you know, college basketball coach or pro football coach, pro basketball coach, whatever it is, to talk to their employees for 20, 30 minutes. Because that person, they're saying, well, I don't I don't do what this person does, but boy, that person can certainly does, you know, they've certainly done something in their life. They can lead, they can coach, they can, you know, whatever it might be. They can, uh, but you get the idea, right? It, it's what can you do? And then number five, and this might be one of the most important ones, sacrifice. When, when you're standing in front of people, people are thinking this sacrifice. How have you lived? Okay. If you've made sacrifices, the book says, if you've suffered tragedy or, or overcome painful obstacles, people will relate to you. And if you've been able to remain positive yet humble in the midst of life's difficulties, others will admire you and be able to connect with you. And, and, and I'll tell you again, not to kind of bring it back to my own experience, but I want to share some of my experiences with you um, because I'm starting to learn and grow. You know, when I first started doing this training thing, it, it's really tough when you get in front of these corporate crowds. And these are people, you you know, you want their respect. You're in front of you sitting a bunch of senior vice presidents from a big company or a big government or whatever it is. You want their respect. And oftentimes what people do is they'll go in and they try to highlight everything that they're great at, everything they're good at. And I found early on, I probably tried to do a little bit of that. And it just didn't work. People don't connect with that. What I found is when I bear my soul and I tell stories about myself that I don't want to have to tell. I'm not talking therapy here and getting up there and throwing up all over the, you know, the, this group of people. But when I talk about things I've been through and pain, painful situations, times that I've failed, and I've had many of those before in life, times that I've messed up, right? Uh, that's what people connect with. They've already seen the successes. That first slide that I put up or, or second or third slide, when I go in and I speak to a group of people, it gives all the accomplishments, all the degrees, U.S. Army, all the things, you know, happening, you know, university professor, all that stuff that maybe some people look at and say, okay, I can listen to this guy. So they've seen that already. And I got to throw that away, right? The rest of my time with them for four hours, it's, you know, strategically placing three or four different stories in there about times that I failed. And that's when people sit up in their seat a little bit and, and they listen, because I don't care where you go. And I'm getting chills even talking about this. I don't care where you go, what crowd you're in. If you're speaking to a religious crowd, a non-religious crowd, a non-profit crowd, a for-profit crowd, everyone in there has their own set of struggles and pain, every single one. And what they want to know is as a leader and as a speaker, do you have the same things that they've gone through before? Are you just trying to be up there and puff up your chest and I got this and I got that? You know, one of the most annoying things in our leadership classes that we have sometimes in our graduate classes is we have the Mr. Know-it-all or Mrs. Know-it-all. And they sign up for a leadership class because they want to grow in their leadership. But then you start talking about leadership issues in class and they just know everything. They just know it all. And they're the ones that everybody in the class can't stand it. And I've been doing this long enough. I can look around the room and see it. And I realized that after time, if I get two or three classes with this group of people, I've got to try to rein them in and I got to let them see, hey, you don't have all the answers. That's why you're here in this program. Same goes for me. Right. Same goes for all of us. Uh, but I, I'm getting off my heart. It, it's about sacrifice. People learn from our failures, not from our successes. Okay. So here's what I want you to do. I just want you to write out just in a, just a quick list. Well, what are the five ways uh, that make people listen to you? The five things that make people listen to you. 
and then I want you to just point out which one do you think is most important and tell me why you think is most important. And that's all I got for you this week. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next week's episode. Have a great week, everybody. Uh, take care. I'll see you soon.